this, 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 this movie sucks, 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 sucks. If Jason still haunts you, you're not alone. We watched Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. We watched it so you don't have to. So you know what that means? DJ, play that theme song. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies, movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Marshall Hampton. With me is my co-host, my best friend, Mr. A. A. Ron Southworth. Hey, how's it going, Marshall? It's going all right. Uh, today is Saturday the 14th, so if you follow us on Facebook, you know what the movie is, but if not, and the intro should do it, but in honor of Friday the 13th, we did Friday the 13th. <laughs> Part five. Part V. Yes, part V. <laughs> a new beginning. Yes. I will always remember Gilbert Godfrey, USA's Up All Night, Friday 13th, part V. Followed by part, Friday 13th, part V, I, I. Yes, I loved, <laughs> I liked Up All Night with Gilbert Godfrey. That was good. Yeah. And who was the other? The, it the, was some blonde chick. The busty girl. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember I, her I liked name. her too, but if anybody remembers, please let us, please refresh our memories because I don't remember. She'd go, USA, Up All, all Night. night. Yep. And she just would wear real low cut stuff with her big boobies. Yep. And, you know, when you're 12, 11 years old, you're just like, Ugh. I remember saying yeah. that 1992, 93, staying yeah, up to like yeah. two in the morning watching yeah. these movies. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, before we get started with the movie, I do want to uh, give a shout out to John Kerr. Uh, John Kerr, he sent us some uh, fan mail, some uh, suggestions through our uh, through the website. Um, I was in his correspondence with him. I'm not going to give away what... Uh, what he suggested because uh, we were actually already kind of those movies were actually on our on our radar and we I kind of have them scheduled for a certain event down the road. So, but I do want to say thank you to John Kerr for reaching out and uh, you know just interacting and listening to the show. So, uh, anybody else, like I said, feel free drop us lines. Yes, thank you very much. So, anything again, anything good, bad, ugly, please yep. let us know because uh, we like it. Uh, we'll always give you a shout out. Yep. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, jumping in Friday Thirteenth Part V. Yeah, technically, <laughs> technically the movie just called Friday Thirteenth: A New Beginning. It, the Part V isn't actually on the official poster or even the credits. Really? Part. Yeah. Huh. Uh, anyway, so it's released March twenty second, nineteen eighty five, with a runtime of ninety two minutes. Um, I found it on Amazon. I'm not sure. I didn't. I won't lie. I did not look for any other. Um, yeah, I mean, this wasn't hard it. to find. No. Um, I found it on iTunes. I found it on Microsoft. Um, even YouTube had it, but you had to pay for it. So I guess there's a subscription base okay. you, you subscribe to. Yeah. I guess it it's Paramount. This is not one should, yeah. that should not be hard to find at right. all. Right. That's pretty common. I mean, all the Friday 13th movies, for the most part, now that they're all under one umbrella, yeah. are pretty easy to find. Uh, it was written by uh, written by Martin uh, Kit Rosser and David Cohen. Directed by Danny Steinman. Um, the cast, nobody really noticeable. Um, 
most of them were just one hit. There were the two most recognizable people in the movie, um, or at least that from my research that did the most after this is uh, Shavar Ross, who plays the kid Reggie in this movie. He, Reggie the Reckless. He was the Different Strokes kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was on Different Strokes. Um, he also was on Family Matters, Growing Pains, Magnum P.I., uh, he was. <laughs> I found this interesting. A good eighties, nineties actor. Yeah, like character. He, yeah. he was on the pilot episode of MacGyver, huh. where he played Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was also in the eighties, uh, like the Little Rascals, where he was Buckwheat. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. And then the only other person of any real renown, and I'm not even saying renown, but just notice, notice who yeah. had a. a career as a character actor is Miguel A. Nunez, who plays a character by the name of Demon, which is a ridiculous name, but he basically it's Reggie's brother, and we'll get to him in the in the movie, but uh, he has 104 credits to his name. Yeah, he's he's definitely recognizable in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I recognize him right away. He, his list of uh, just projects is a real hodgepodge of some cool things, and then some of the most like notorious and famously bad things. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like he did Joey, the spe- Friends spinoff television show. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, Jesus. Andy Richter controls the universe. Then you get some shit. The Adventures of Pluto Nash, which was notoriously bad. Hey, man. I didn't like that movie. Okay, I can't defend it. <laughs> Joanna Man. Oh shit! He is Joanna Man, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know if he's Joanna Man, but he was in Joanna Man. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo, Nutty Professor 2, one that we are probably going to be doing later, a few months from now, Leprechaun 4 in space. He's not in the hood. He's in space. Nope. Huh? Okay. Slam Dunk Ernest. <laughs> uh, another one of the most famous bad movies the Street Fighter movie. Oh shit! Who is he in Street he Fighter? He was DJ, the Jamaican kickboxer guy. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, Lewis and Clark, the new adventure Superman. He was in Martin, Hang with Mister Cooper, Fresh Prince, and then he did Tour of Duty, which is a great military um, Vietnam show. My, I remember watching that with my dad as a kid. It was a good show. Jumping Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg, and then The Return of the Living Dead. So those are really your only two people in this movie that really did anything outside of this. And they're brothers in this movie. Yeah, and they played brothers. All right, so moving on to the movie. Uh, this movie just drops you right in. Like, There's no opening credits. It's just boom. And you're following a guy in a yellow rain slicker walking through a forest with a thunderstorm. Yeah, galoshes. Yeah. And he's in search of Jason's grave. And he finds the grave. And we, we find out it's... Tommy Jarvis, which played, by, again, by Corey Feldman from Part 4. So it's Corey Feldman in his second Friday 13th film. Yeah, he, he plays does a little cameo in the beginning mm-hmm. of this. So he's he's walking through the woods, and he stumbles across a, 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 a grave that says, like, it's a chunk of wood with the word... Jason in, Voorhees on it. Scrawled on it, it's Jason like in white paint. It looks like shit. To me, it looks like... I actually The grave, to me, looks like somebody who buried their pet in the backyard. Right! Like, it, it should say sprinkles. Yeah. You know? I, like, it's just a little mile of dirt with, like, a ring of rocks around it with a wooden board with white paint on it. Right. Like, here lies Fluffy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. That's, a, a, I just thought, like, what? So, anyway, Tommy gets the grave. He's staying there. He's looking down the grave. 
and these two random college dudes with shovels okay. show up. When these guys show up, these are the worst and most ridiculous grave robbers I think I've ever seen in my life because they come running out of the woods and they are rip roaring, screaming, and yeah. howling. Woohoo! Yeah. Let's go, boy! Yeah. Ow! <laughs> they, uh, they. I don't even know, like I said, I don't even know if they're grave robbers or what they're trying to rob, but the whole point is I think they just want to, like, they want like, to see the the myth, the legend that is Jason Voorhees. I don't know if they're playing to, like, rob They just want to, like, see the body, I But guess, they are jacked up on coke and meth and speed yeah, because they have so much energy. They're just, ah, they're just, go faster, dig faster, yeah. come on, boy, so, woohoo! I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly what they're doing. Oh, no, there's no... I. I'm not arguing yeah. that. That's exactly what they're doing. They're hooting, hollering, yee-hawing. Tommy runs off to hide in the bushes while these two guys start digging up Jason. Go all super shallow go. grave. Yeah. It's, the grave is like less, like the top, when they remove some dirt. It's about six inches deep. It's not even six inches deep. I mean, there's barely like three or four inches of dirt from the top of the wooden coffin <laughs> he's buried in. So the grave itself is probably like two feet deep or three feet. Of, I mean, it's barely. So they, they, they get, they hit, they strike, you know, pay dirt. If yeah. You will, and um, open up the grave. They open up the casket and inside is a dead Jason with the mask, with the mask. And he's got worms crawling out of the eyes holes of the mask and worms all over him. And the guys get quiet and they kneel down next to it. Like, wow. Yeah. Look, look at that. Ooh. We found him. It's like they found the Ark of the Covenant or yeah. something like that. And then just, out of the blue, Jason stabs one of the boys in the stomach with a machete he was happened to be buried with. And so he's buried with his mask and a machete. Uh, and then he eyeballs the other one with like a big awl or something. Yeah. It, 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 he stabs another one in like the neck with like a, like a big awl. It's like, like an awl or a pick or something. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like, like a, a long... skinny little pike with like a giant ball on the end of it. It's weird device to have yeah, with Really you. weird. Yeah. So they're dead. Jason stands up, lightning's flashing, he looks right at Tommy. Pulls the machete out of the guy's stomach, starts walking up to Tommy. He's hiding in the bushes. Tommy's not moving. He's no, he's str- he's stricken with fear. Yeah, and he's making the weirdest noises. Oh, oh, oh. It almost sounds like the ki- like it almost sounds like he's getting off or something like that. It's, it's, Ooh. No, I'm just the, the sound effects on this are so weird. It's it's I don't know. They don't sound right. So oh. anyway, Jason gets up to him. He raises the machete and he's about to swing it down, killing Tommy. When boom. Cut to college-age Tommy waking up in the back of a transport van for mental patients. So, all the dream. Um, now, before I go, I do want to say that the, to me, I don't know how you feel about this, but the mask Jason's wearing in that opening dream sequence, to me, it looks utterly ridiculous. Like, I don't know if you had problems, but to me, it just seemed way too big for his head. <laughs> I, I mean, it, his, it makes his head look like a balloon or like a caricature, and... I don't know. I've just seen scarier versions of masking other versions of the movie. I, I it didn't stick out to me. It didn't. You know, I didn't really notice. But at the same time, my wife and her friends were in the other room having brunch and laughing and talking, and I was kind of chit chatting too. So, you know, I might have lost it there. Ah, uh, but yeah, it's to me, it just looked way too big for his head. It looked inflated. Uh, so I do notice that the guy in the passenger seat of the uh, transport van. Uh, not the driver, but the, the, I guess he's an orderly or something like that from the hospital. And he's he's flipping through. He's looking at Nudie Mag. He's <laughs> awesome. He's probably one of my favorite characters in this whole movie. And now you finally get the opening credits roll through this. Um, Tommy gets dropped off at the Pinehurst Youth Development Center for basically where troubled youth go to get ready to be released back into society. So it's like it's a halfway house for juveniles. 
And even though all the juveniles are like college age. Yeah, even <laughs> these are quote unquote juveniles. Yeah. Wow, these are some very developed juveniles. Exactly. Whoa. So we here we meet Pam, the assistant director of the center. She takes time to go meet Dac- Dr. Matt Leonard, who's the head of the center, who's in charge of everything. They talk for a while, blah, blah, blah. And I got to say, Pam and Dr. Leonard, uh, they're a couple of 1-2-80s cutie pies. Yeah. I got to say, they are, they are good-looking 80s people. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, if you, were, if, if you were to ask a lady in 1985, who's a hunk? You know, and then you could show this dude, they'd be like, ooh, yeah, you know, he's... And then she's kind of... You know, she's, yeah, she's, she's got, got the, the, 80s the, the crazy blonde hair, kind of big, and you know, pants up to her goddamn ribs, and uh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, they they are eighties hot, and yeah. they, they look like a cute, you know, a little cute couple. Yeah, I, I, there's no reference to the movie that they're actually a couple yeah. at all, but yeah, they they're good looking people. So eventually, nothing happens. But it's it's funny just to comment eighties, eighties good looking. Yeah, you know, eighties <laughs> good looking. It's weird if you're good looking, you're good looking. But yeah, yeah. Um, Tommy goes up to his new room and he unpacks. He puts a pocket knife under his mattress and he goes to the closet to hang up stuff. And then Reggie, the reckless tries to scare him with a fucking rubber with a, with spider a big on a spook. string. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good little, huh? You know, that would get somebody. I'm sure. Yeah. He opens the door and all of a sudden this big spider comes out of nowhere. I mean, it's just I mean, dang it could be anything. It, yeah. could, it could be a sandwich and it came out of nowhere. I'd still probably jump. Yeah. Just cause it's something yeah. drops down in front sure. of you. So, uh, so they chit chat, they talk, uh, we learned that Tommy makes a bunch, like all these latex monster masks that he's putting on back. He and these are movie quality them. masks. Yeah, they're they're really good. Like these are the ones you buy in like you know a really high end, but like, like yeah, expensive. Ones. They're like the ones you see giant box behind the counter. Right, right, yeah. right. These are your three hundred dollar masks. Yeah. yeah, which makes me like, there's no way this guy makes these on his own. Like he doesn't have the clay, the mold, the latex. You don't know what stuff. kind of arts and crafts they're doing at the mental institution. Marshall. Yeah, I guess apparently. <laughs> But from what I've seen on Face Off, there's no way <laughs> Tommy's making these in like his bedroom. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so you cut to a police car coming down the road, sirens roaring. The rest of the teens at the camp show up to see what's happening. Two of the camp kids get out of the backseat of the cop car. They were picked up for having sex on the neighbor's property. And, and you know, they, they're just classic 80s, like super horny kids. Yeah, they're the hornball kids. Can't keep their hands off each other. So many of the characters in this movie are just pointless. They, yeah. they're, they're super, they're pure cannon fodder. Oh, That's yeah. That's all it is. They're, I mean, they're, they're, there's no personality. Just, just body count yeah. people, yeah. It's a, so on cue, um, the hillbilly rednecks, Ethel and her son, Junior, come riding Ooh. up on an old dirt bike motorcycle and it's their property that they're complaining about and yeah. this lady is awesome really okay? i get so tired of her because it's she it's so over the top and that's why and so- it's awesome because <laughs> this actress has the weirdest dialogue to work with but man she hams up every line yeah she's just off the charts redneck like she hillbilly, curses like a sailor. I mean, she, oh. every other word out of her mouth is "fuck shit, motherfucker." I mean, she dildo. You know, she calls her. I was gonna come to that later, but she calls her own son a giant dildo, which I love. At some point later in the movie, <laughs> but she she's but she's just such a ham, yeah, and really just cranks it out of the park. Where I'm just like, I can't take my eyes off. Her. <laughs> I love anytime she's on screen. I'm just like I have to watch what she's doing. Oh boy! See, I was I was like I just like I just wanted to mute because I just she was too much. Oh, I loved it. 
Um, so she rants and raves about how much she hates the youth center or this, you know, Sheriff, and, all these goddamn nutballs are fucking on my property, you know, yep. like just really hammer it up. Yeah, and she wants the sheriff to shut it down. And her idiot son Junior is just cheering her on the background, like repeating every word she says. And, like, right on, Ma, and you tower, Ma. He's like this blah, blah, blah. big boy, like mongoloid retard. Junior reminds me of like I might have the wrong name, wrong one, but like Dennis Quaid or the crazy Quaid, Randy Quaid, Randy Quaid. Then like I don't know why, but like his little leather muscle hat, he's kind of chubby face. Like he reminds me of. The crazy Quaid. <laughs> Sp- specifically, uh, in the vacation, like National Lampoon's Christmas vacation, when he comes over and he's emptying the RV and goes, Merry Christmas! Shitter was full! I love that scene. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, the crazy, like, he, I don't know, maybe the crazy one from... Uh, he's Eddie from... Yeah. From uh, uh, Independence Day, too. Oh, he's pretty the much crazy. the same character. Yeah. So, But anyway, Ethel and her son eventually ride off. They leave. Now, this cuts to Joey, the fat and mentally slow. Yeah, you wouldn't guy. say he's mentally retarded. He's not he's, really retarded. He's not quite autistic. He's just he's so a little off. Socially slow. Yeah, I'm like he's very uh, developmentally delayed, yeah, yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah slow. Yeah. Honestly. So yeah. he, he anyway he comes out of the house of the, of the, the house and he's eating all these candy bars. He's got like chocolate he's on his one. He's got one like one in each of his hoodie pockets. He's got another one tucked into the. He's got zipper. chocolate on his lips, chocolate yeah. on his hands. So they really was like this guy's fat and eats chocolate. He's a slob. Like, <laughs> what more can we do to make really hammer that home? Right. Um, so anyway, he walks up to Violet and one of the other girls who are doing laundry, and he's like, "Hey, I want to help with the laundry. I'm really good at laundry." And he goes to pick up and he gets chocolate all over the, she- white, all the sheets. white sheet. And they're, they're like, like "Oh, Joey, Joey, get out of here! You're just, you know, blah blah." You're blah. ruining everything, Joey. Yeah. So they chase him off, and then he goes to go find Vic, Vic. who's chopping wood. And Vic is just I, the most it's like you're angry at everything. Eighties tough guy. 80s he's tough, got yeah. he's got a sleeveless gray shirt on, a spike band around his bicep. <laughs> Like a dog collar, like a, dog. Like a, like a spiked dog collar. Yeah, and he's his arm. and he's chopping the shit out of this wood. Yeah, like, he is. Like, he's just got an axe and he's wailing on a huge chunk of wood. Basically, he doesn't look like he's trying to chop wood for anything else, just to be chopping on some wood. Yeah, like he just wants to hit something. He's like not this. splitting wood. No, he's not doing anything like that. I thought the same thing. Like, what is the purpose of this chopping the wood the way it is? Like, it's a really thick log, yeah. and he's just chopping away at it. Yeah, you it's know, like, he just like this, this is him taking out aggression or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and. Hitting. He's chopping wood. Or this and, is his workout. Yeah. Okay. You know, actually, it's a good workout. Yeah, it is a good workout. So Joey comes stumbling up. Yeah. Joey's like, hey, Vic, you know, that looks like fun. I've never chopped wood before. He's like, you know, I like it here. And blah, 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 blah. He's granted on. Vic's like, shut up. He's like, I, I hate it here. I hate it here. I don't want anything to do with you. Leave me alone. And, and he's he like, shouts here. out, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, Vic, well, here, how about a candy bar? Don't tell me that I got to eat. And Vic's like, I don't want it. And he's like, fine. And he puts it on the he puts the candy bar on the log. Where he's chopping. He's, yeah, where he's chopping. And he's like, fine, just have it for later. And then Vic's like, Wah! and he cuts it in half. Mm-hmm. And Joey's like, well, fine, Vic, if that's the way you think about it, then just forget it. But that's I, not, I think that's. But I, think I really think you're out of line. Yeah. Like, that's. Really mild. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the most mild thing you can say to someone if you're offended or upset. Yeah. So you're out of line. But so, and as soon as Joey Vic, turns his back. Vic is in a blind rage. <laughs> and he just like, and he just hacks into Joey with the axe. Repeatedly just hack, hack, hack. And For like no reason. Yeah. 
and the oh. girls are screaming and and then we cut to the ambulance pulling up and Vic's in the back of the sheriff's car. The two paramedics go to pick up the body. And when they pull the bloody sheet back, we see Joey's hacked up body. His arm has is one cut of his arm. arm has been hacked off and it's placed on his back. And it's actually a pretty decent effect. It looks yeah. pretty gruesome. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty gnarly. So it, they did a good job with that effect. Yeah. Um, and they pan up to the one of the paramedics. Roy Burns. Who looks a lot like Bill Bixie. I don't know who, who uh, he was the the Bruce Banner in uh, oh. actually would they call them David Banner in the 1980s version because Bruce sounded a little too gay <laughs> so they called him David Banner on the TV show all right the, the, you know not Lou Ferrigno but anyway okay yeah, he uh, looked a lot like him I thought okay. at first I thought it was I Bill Bixie but it's not yeah. no but they really make a big deal of showing. Roy's reaction mm-hmm. to seeing the body. He's really like and he's really affected by it. Stunned and just kind of, oh, you know. Yeah. And they they have a slow mo kind of shot on him, and you're like, okay, something's going on with Roy. Yeah. They they really hammer that fact home. So the two guys. So after they the, um they load the body, they move on. Now we cut to two guys straight out of Greece. <laughs> Exactly. I thought the same. I'm like, did we just exactly. go back into like 1950s? Because this was 1984, 85. Now these guys are rolling up like Grease Lightning style. Yes. Leather jackets, leather, leather hats. They look like James Dean type. Tight, tight, tight blue jeans. White shirts. White shirts. Chucks. Yeah. I mean, it's straight up go Grease Lightning. Oh, my God. Um, so <laughs> they're stranded along the road because they're beating up cars, died down. And... One of them goes out to take a shit while basically chastising the other one, saying he's used to fix the car. I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. Trying to be all tough. And so he goes off to take a shit. That leaves the other guy. He's working underneath the hood trying to figure it out. You see someone, a hand, light a road flare. And the greaser working on the car turns around and thinks it's his buddy. He's like, hey, stop that. What are you yeah, doing? The stop light's real or... bright. He can't really tell, yeah. make out who it is until it's too late. And, and the mystery person just shoves the flare into the greaser's mouth. Which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's uh... um, so he's dead. He kills that guy. Uh, the other greaser comes back from taking his dump. He gets in the driver's seat, and you see the body of the guy. Like, like so, it like, looks. Like, he, he might look be mistaken for working on the, working on the yeah. car. So, yeah, if you're not paying attention, or just and he gets in the car, but he's going rat that dude, rat that dude, yeah, bop, bop, yeah he's like, like you better fix the car. I'm gonna kill you, bop, bop, He says fuck about twenty times in like twenty seconds. And yeah, there's a saying I think in comedy, or even when you go on stage and you're freestyle, you know, you're you're getting up in front of the crowd and you're talking. Don't break the fuck meter because that kind of shows that you're you lose the impact of the word. And it's like three. It's like rules of three. It's yeah. It's it's like you. It shows that you're nervous. And this guy says, fuck, I'm not, it's, it's probably a 30 second scene. He probably says it 12 times. Yeah, a lot. So he gets the car and he's trying to start it and it takes several tries, but it does finally start. And as soon as it starts, greaser number two gets grabbed, <coughs> excuse me, gets grabbed from behind by someone in the backseat. The killer slits greaser two's throat with a machete. Blackout. Fade in on Tommy, all sweaty, lying in bed, reliving the end, the ending events from part four. He's hearing the voice. He's like, die, die, die. Of him. The Corey Feldman scene. The Corey Feldman where he's hacking. If anyone scene. hasn't seen it, at the end of number four. Yeah. You know, spoiler. Um, so if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you haven't seen it, stop now and go watch it. Right. Go, no, so he, just... at the end of number four, 
Corey Feldman goes ape shit on Jason, stabbing him over and over and over, or hacking him. Hacking him with like a machete. Yeah, you're just saying, die, die, die. It's pretty intense. Scene. Yeah, it is. It is. So anyway, he he gets a pop some meds, which instantly causes like before he even swallows. As soon as yeah. there's a mouth, as soon as they touch the stopped. lip, yeah, like, I don't know what he's taking. Yeah, it <laughs> works that fast. Um, but as soon as he looks up, he sees Jason in the mirror, and of course, when he spins around, he's gone. This old diamond so, gem of a yeah, he's he's yeah. he's seeing things, he's hallucinating, he's hearing voices. He's pretty fucked up. I know. It's just God. They go to that. They, yeah. they go to that well so many times in these movies. It's, sure. Classic, uh, classic. So downstairs, everyone's sitting around waiting for getting ready for breakfast. Other than Violet, I have no idea that, at this point what the other names of these kids are. Violet's the, the music chick with the blonde hair, blonde and black hair who's always listening to her Crimped, headphones. yeah. Basically, almost every one of her lines is, huh? What? Because she, she's listening <laughs> to her headphones so loud. That's almost her entire dialogue for like, this entire movie. She has like one or two lines that aren't that. <laughs> I... You're right. It's funny because I didn't even think about it, but you're right. <laughs> what? So, huh? so Tommy shows up, and Matt asks him to go get Eddie for breakfast. So, okay, we have an Eddie. Mm-hmm. And he turns Ed- to leave, and then Eddie hops out from behind the open doorway, wearing one of Tommy's masks to scare him. Tommy basically flips the fuck out and just, like, does, like, the fireman carry throw Break, knocking, breaking over like a wooden table. I beats the shit out of I love this. I mean, because the guy jumps out and Tommy's scared. And he's like, what? You don't have a sense of humor? And he's kind of like punch, poking him in the chest. Yeah. And Tommy does the slickest like standing fireman I've seen. Yeah, it's And he just good. throws him. I'm just like, damn. <laughs> Smashes through a table. Gets gets in the mount position. And, and just, just wham, wails wham, on wham, wham, wham. I mean, I'm like, god damn. He yeah, really went to town brutal. on him. Eventually, it's broken up. And we cut to Ethel cutting the head off of a chicken while Junior is oh. eating stew in the background. Mind you, this is Ethel cutting the chicken's head off with a giant, meat I mean, cleaver. huge meat cleaver. And she big. goes, hi-ya! Yeah, that's what you she You know, does. and that's what she's doing to chop. She's basically turned into Kung Fu, you know, whatever. <laughs> Kung Fu Ethel. Kung Fu Ethel. She's going, hi-ya! Yep. Wow. And this is where she calls her son a big dildo. And I just love the fact that Junior is eating his slop. She calls it slop all the time. Out of a wooden bowl with a wooden spoon. It's a big bowl. And it's, it's literally I'm looks like, like... what time are we stuck in? <laughs> like, who's still using wooden utensils? Now, if somebody hasn't seen this, this is a dilapidated shack of a house. So you've got to cut him some slack, Marshall. Still, I mean, even most people have it's, aren't using wooden... Utensils and a wooden bowl. Man, they're they're simple country folk. And yeah, you're right. Anyway, you know. some vagabond shows up, and I guess this is the most pointless. Character. This is so he weird. He has no point in this movie. Like, unless they had there's some deleted scenes of this guy later, there's no reason for this guy to be in the movie. And I was actually kind of interested in what this guy's story was. Yeah, he shows up on the porch, knocks on the door, and she's got a gun. And you know she's yeah. like, she, what the fuck you want? She's like, whoa, what the fuck do you want? And she's like, he's so polite and he nice. He's like, ma'am, I just haven't eaten in two days, and I sure would like to, you know. If there's any work, you, I like, you know, basically work for yeah. food. If there's, if there's any done. work available, I, I sure would like to, you know, get a little something to eat in exchange for work. 
And she's like, well, you want to do some work? Go ch- clean the shit out of the chicken coop. And yeah, pretty much. After that, I'll fill your belly. And he like, goes, very well, man. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And, and I'm like, up. this guy's awesome. Yeah, I'm this like, guy's this guy's going to have a backstory or something. But There's something interesting about this yeah. guy. Like, I was actually kind of intrigued. How is he going to tie in? What's going on with them? You know, he shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. He hasn't eaten for two days. So what's his story? Why is he? Yeah, what's going on? And you only see him one other time in the movie. That's it. He's got two scenes in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because at first I thought, Oh, maybe it's a love interest for Ethel. Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, but then of course she comes back in, puts down the gun, and goes, "That's one of the ugliest goddamn men I've ever seen." Yeah, <laughs> and I go, "Well, never mind." Hey, he's not an ugly man, but yeah. no, he's just a normal looking dude. He's a little dirty, but whatever. Yeah. He's so, been, obviously hasn't eaten in two days. He's he's kind of having a hard couple yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, so we jump to the cops now at the murder scene of the two greasers, uh, and again they make a big deal to make us know that Roy. The paramedic is there again, and he's loading mm-hmm. up the bodies, and they really want to know that Roy is there. Like, this is a big deal. So, and now we get what I call a super random scene. And it's so many of these characters, so pointless. Like, it's just, this movie sucks. It, it, like, there's no point <laughs> yeah. to so much that happens. Um, so we cut to Billy, who was the orderly. Who was reading the nudie, the nudie mags at the beginning of the movie. One and, of my favorite characters. And he's. Um, and this is this is one of my favorite scenes. He drives up to this diner, this roadside diner, and he's got a, like a old muscle car, yeah. and he does a fucking sweet donut, donut. yeah, like a really well executed donut. And my first thought is he's just honking his horn and yelling, "Come on, baby, let's go!" And I'm like, "This is one coked up asshole." Yeah, and sure enough, <laughs> which is funny, he because, breaks yeah. out a whole bunch of coke. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I'm right." Yeah, so yeah, he's like, "Lana, Lana, let's go." And Lana is the waitress who works there, and she's like, closing. Up, she's like, closing down like, the diner. I'll be out there. I gotta close up. Blah blah blah. So she goes to the bathroom. The change goes, and she just rips her shirt open, flashing her tits, saying, "It's showtime!" Show <laughs> and then out in the car, this is where Billy just starts doing coke and just snorting it up. Now this is funny. The scene where she goes, "It's showtime!" I remember that very vividly when I was a kid. I was like, "Wow, do <laughs> girls do that?" Huh. <laughs> You know, I'm like, that's cool. She said Showtime, and I saw her boobs. I, I, for some reason, that sticks in my head. I get it. It's, it's a very memorable moment in movies for me. All right. Because <laughs> I've seen this movie like 20, 20 Yeah, we've times. seen it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Um, so Lana comes out of the bathroom, and we get a false scare with a cat jumping out. Now, I only bring this up because I feel bad for the cat. Because whoever tosses the cat from off camera <laughs> does such a shitty job. The cat smacks head first and bounces off of a, the side of a booth seat. Yeah, I, like, they didn't toss him onto the seat or onto the floor. They just toss him, and it goes smack into the booth and just drops. I noticed the same thing. One of my wife's friends was sitting with me watching this while my wife was getting ready to leave. And we're both just kind of watching this. And we saw this cat just smash into the booth. And she goes, damn. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this poor fucking cat. I know it's it's a small cat. It just gets thrown against it. Boom! Felt <laughs> so bad for the cat. It was such an unnatural cat thing to do. Yeah, They're nimble and quick. They don't dive head first into things. <laughs> oh. So Billy's outside honking the horn and shouting for him to hurry up. He opens the car door and kind of leans out, and he just gets an axe in the back of his head. Yeah. So again, we don't see who it is. No, someone no. axe in the back of the head. Yeah. Um, Lana comes out but finds the car empty. She she, she does find Billy's coke on she the floor. She does find the coke. And she's like, hey, all right. She bends down to pick it More up. More for me. So she can do a line. 
Now, when she starts getting up and leans up, she sees someone standing by the car door. She sees, like, feet and somebody holding a bloody axe. She scrambles out of the car, but as soon as she gets out, she gets whack, axed in the stomach, falls left to die. Fade to black. Fade in on Tommy looking out his bedroom window. Again, he hallucinates yep. Jason Sander. Ooh. So this is twice now. Shakes his head. He's gone. Yeah. And, okay, I will... Even though I'm so sick of this, uh, this felt false scare being used over and over again in movies, I kind of let it slide a little bit just just because of the fact he it, we we have they have this establish that he is mentally traumatized from his sure. previous encounter with Jason, kind of like with Jamie Lee Curtis in in H, in How to Resurrect. She, she's right. got the PTSD. Right. So for this, I kind of let it slide, but at the same time, I'm so tired of this guy. Sure. Um. So uh, I forgot where I lost where it was. Um. Oh yeah, so uh, so Eddie and I just put Big Boob Brunette at the time because I didn't know her name. Uh, it turns out I think her name's Tina, but I just she's it big, is it's Tina. Yeah, it's Big Boob Big Boob Brunette. Mm-hmm. They run off into the woods to have sex. And these are two that were arrested for having sex at the beginning. She of the movie. is pretty slamming. She's, yeah, she's got some nice eighties body going on. She does big time. And so they're playing around. They're chasing each other through the woods. Ha ha ha! They're having a good time. They're laughing. They're giggling. They get to a little clearing. They lay down the sheet. Eddie pulls out a joint. They start smoking and undressing each other. While the vagabond we well, see earlier, it, it shows someone watching him. Yeah, but it's I, showing someone watching him. And you're like, oh, who's watching? Who's watching? And then it shows the vagabond. The vagabond. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there was no suspense mm-hmm. because of who it is. I wasn't going to say, yeah, but yeah, bit. it's just the vagabond. And he's so, like, he, hell yeah. And but he's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> then he turns to leave, and as soon as he turns to leave, bam, stabbed in the gut with the machete. So and that's done. it for him. And done. That's it. Yeah. So. All two that, scenes. I haven't eaten in two days, man. I, I I've been just need some honest work and hoping I can get a meal. You yeah. know, like okay, what's going on with this guy? Nothing. nothing. Just nothing. one more cannon fire. Just one more body count to add. You know, there's no point to this character even being in the movie whatsoever. None. Um. So Eddie goes. They get done having sex, and she does. She has some nice big. She's got some big old boobies. She's a nice good-looking boobies. lady. Yeah. So she goes. Eddie goes off to clean up, leaving the girl alone, which is always a smart thing to do. She just lays there naked on the sheet. She's looking just, up at the trees in the sky, and, enjoying her post her post coital glow. Sure, and, yeah, and you know it's it, she's in the woods, looking up at the trees. Yeah, it's silent as can be. You can, all you hear is the wind going through the trees, and she's uh, just relaxing, she's surrounded by dead leaves and other foliage. Yep. And then out of nowhere, yep. she just opens her eyes and screams. screams. And we see large hedge, like Bruce the Barber beefcake hedge, hedge clippers, clippers stab down into her. And then you see the motion close. of it close. That's it. So, um, okay. So you're wondering how does the guy sneak up on her with dry leaves and twigs all around her? While she's soaking in the serenity of the eight, like she's listening to everything. It's like they kind of just made that, like she's listening to the trees. They're showing, and what the fuck? This is a t- this is not a ninja. No, he's like an easily you know? 200-something pound man. Yeah. Uh, you know, big guy. Yeah. And he just, yeah, just walks Silently up, silent as can creeps be. up. So it switches to Eddie, who's down by a creek, and he heads back to Big Booby Brunette, finds her laying naked on the sheet. He's like, oh, okay. And he rolls her over, and now we see what happened to her. She Apparently she was stabbed in the eyes by the hedge clipper, and then when he closes it, it like snaps her, the, like, the bridge of the her bridge nose. Of her nose. Um, like a branch just snaps mm-hmm. it. And 
it's again kind of a good looking effect. Yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. for the time. It's mm-hmm. not bad. We've seen way worse in other yeah. movies. So the effects aren't too bad in this so far. It's, it's definitely ew. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, oh shit! And he backs up into the tree, and then just this leather strap comes whipping around the tree <laughs> and like snap, you know, wraps him around his head, right his around eyes, his eyes, right around the eyes. And the killer puts his thick tree branch through like two rings attached to it, and he starts tightening it up, tightening it up. And you hear Eddie screaming as as the uh, the the pressure of t- the tightening strap mm-hmm. is crushing his head, it's, and it crushes. It's his, breaking his eye sockets. Yeah. There's blood pouring off his eyes around his face, and, he and tightens the strap so much you that hear even the, the cracking, even the straps break off yeah. of it. That's how much he tightens it. Um, so another pretty decent death scene. Yeah. Um, we cut to Reggie sitting in a car at night, waiting for Pan to take him to go see his brother. Matt's like, hey, Pam, take time with you. It'll be good to get him out out and about. She's like, fine. Okay. So Pam, Tommy, and Reggie drive off. They drive to this trailer park where Reggie's brother, Demon, like I said earlier, his name's Demon, uh, where he lives. And But Tommy decides to wait at the truck. The funny thing is, he this demon guy doesn't even live in the trailer park. I was just about to ask my next one. He doesn't live in, he, he lives in a van. <laughs> a big, big old 80s. Big old 80s van. Van. Yeah. Uh, like the Dodge Care, like the big old Dodge Caravan, the old style. I think yeah, it was really big. Yeah. Um, and when he opens the door, he pops him out. This he looks like an Eddie Murphy Michael Jackson hybrid. That's a great description. That's exactly what it looks like. He's got leather pants, <laughs> leather jacket, leather jacket, like a black, big, but like a the black Jerry Curl mullet, but like a perm, but it's, it's like, permed. Yeah, it's like, it's like a perm. Jerry mullet. Carl Mullet. Yeah. Looks, he's got earrings and necklaces. He's got so many accessories. You know, it's ridiculous. It's like Eddie Murphy from Raw meets Michael Jackson from, like, the Bad Album. And right. Jerry Curl mixed And he, they smushed them together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Damon gives Reggie this one of his rings, which really you think it has no payoff later. It's just uh, it's supposed to be yeah, a touch moment. He seems like brothers. he's a decent brother, but what's his... What's his gig? What's his story? Yeah, I'm like, curious. He, he's, about... like he's supposed to be like a decent one, but at the same time, he lives in a van and doesn't like really take care of his brother. Well, he, he was a his... good brother. Why is his brother like basically living with his grandpa at this youth detention center instead of you know? And why is he living in a van? He's living in a van and he's got a girlfriend, <laughs> uh, Nina, who's they're... always smoking weed. Yeah, they're the whole time weed. she's like, "What's up, little man?" Yeah. and she's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they're just what does he do? There's is he? Lot. There's a lot of drugs in this movie. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. We've got several people smoking weed. We've had Coke already. Like, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. a lot of drugs in this movie. Sweet. But so, I'm just curious, what does he do? Is, yeah, is he a... My guess is like he's supposed to be a, a musician or something. That's my you guess. You have no idea. That's my guess, too, because... Or again, maybe he's a stand-up comic if he's supposed to be like <laughs> Eddie Murphy and Ron. <laughs> Why would he be wearing all this stuff yeah. if you weren't you know, on stage or some something? I don't no, know. Like I said, I, I, yeah, you have no idea what he does. Uh, so anyway, Tommy's looking at neon signs this trailer park. He's kind of freaking out. He's like, yeah, he's, he's it's really weird. He's like, looking at neon sign. He starts hearing the die, die. Yeah, like, he's starting to have the auditory hallucinations. And I'm trying to think back to number four, and I don't remember thinking with a trailer park neon sign or anything. Why is this I was thinking it? the exact same thing, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, Junior comes pulling up on his crappy little dirt bike. And he tells time that his his mama's gonna chop him up into little bitty pieces because he's one of those nuts. Yeah, and he takes a swing at Tommy, and Tommy, as we've seen before, he just ducks it and he goes the fucking like 
Patrick Swayze Roadhouse style yeah. on this guy. Like he yeah. just beats the shit out of Junior. Yeah. And Benji Pam has to come out and take because he's like mounting. He's about to like deliver that finishing he's, blow. He's, he's about ready to you know fuck Junior like rip the up. throat out. Yeah. And, and uh, but she's like stop, stop, stop. And so they. So Tommy home. Tommy runs off. Tommy runs off into the woods. Did he? Yes. I, I missed that because Tommy I they goes all got in the van and, or truck. And Tommy went home. goes Ugh, and then just runs off into the woods and he's gone. He runs away. Okay. Well, that explains mm-hmm. some why later. Because I okay. He runs away. I thought away. he was in the truck with him. No, he so, runs away. So cut back to Damon who is like rushes out of the van to go take a shit because of <laughs> so, a bad inch so, okay, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Pam and Reggie leave to go try and find Tommy. So, Demon's in there with his girlfriend, and he goes, ooh, 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 and she goes, what's wrong? He's like, oh, those enchiladas, and he, like, does a comedic run yeah. to the, to like, the outhouse. Like, he's holding like, his ass. Holding his ass, going, ooh. ooh, and then they get a close-up shot of him just going, ugh. Yeah, as he takes his shit. So. <laughs> Which is funny, because sometimes I do that. <laughs> I got to admit, there's times I go, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone I think everybody does. says that moment. And if yeah. you don't, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a filthy liar. You're a liar. You know it when you have those <laughs> gratifying poos and peas. You go, ah. <laughs> so he, while he's taking his shit, the outhouse starts to shake. And it's this old Ricky, like, aluminum yeah. wall. It's this Ricky thing. It's like shaking. sheet metal. Yeah, yeah sheet thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, it's just his girlfriend Nina shaking it, messing with him. And they start singing it to each other while he's shitting. He's like, ooh, baby, 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 ooh, baby, yeah. ooh, baby, ooh, baby, so I, ooh, baby. You're right. You're doing a pretty good that's, job. That's it. That's all. <laughs> and then they just, they just rotate singing that back and forth to each other. And so uh, then she, Nina just goes quiet. Mm-hmm. She stops singing. And the camera goes back to where she's standing, and she's gone. Right. <gasps> Where'd she go? So the outhouse starts shaking again. It's shaking and rumbling. And he's like, cut it cut out. out. I'm going to get you, bitch, or something like that. And uh, he comes out, and he looks down, and he finds Nina dead on the ground with her you, throat slashed. You know what he noticed? What I noticed? He didn't wipe. You're right. He doesn't wipe. No. And, and there's wiping. definitely a gratifying shit that has taken place. Yeah. And he just gets up. And you know that was liquidy, on. too. Oh, you yeah. Know, that was super Enchiladas? Liquid. Come yeah, on. Yeah. That was, that was like explosive liquidy. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Wipe Bro. your ass. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> So he and he so he sees her dead and he cowers back yeah. and instead of running out to like, go get he like goes back into the outhouse and cowers inside and, he, and it's really a good description. I mean, he's like <laughs> cow cowering. Yeah, he cowers. Yeah. And this is when these long like metal poles with spikes, like, like a this. metal spike. Yeah, like, Wait, I don't know. You get this? I have no idea where, where you get. It's like the biggest railroad spike I could ever. It's not think even a railroad of. spike. Hey, no, it's, it's not. Almost it's almost like it's like a. It's like a like you maybe like a greenish like I don't know like huge like green a sign spi- pole like, yeah, like a, a huge, stop sign or something would be toward the end of this but it's a spike at the end. It's a huge spike. Yeah, it's I, I don't know what you'd practically use it for what what the purpose of it no. like what industrial use you would get. I don't know. But it starts you know being thrust like coming through the walls like stabbing pull out stabbing. It, it's like the giant. It's like a nightmare version of the magic trick. With the the sword in the box, right? Thing. That's Very basically good. what this yeah. is. And uh, he gets it in the knee. He, yeah, he does. He gets it in the knee. He's like ah, and then the next one just wham comes through, impales him through the chest, and he dies. No more demon. No more demon. Dies in the shitter. Um, <laughs> his last words, I think, were "Ooh, baby." <laughs> <laughs> no, his last words were "I'm gonna oh, get yeah. you, bitch." He's like, like that. "You're gonna get it, bitch." <laughs> 
Um, so now this is where I was wrong because I had Pat, Pam, Tommy, and Reggie come back, but because mm-hmm. I thought he's in the truck, but apparently Tommy's not in the truck because they even say Tommy's ran off. I was like, wait, he was just in the truck with you. Where'd he go? <laughs> so yeah, you clear he, that up. Yeah, he All ran right. off. So they get back home and they're approached by stuttering Jake and Violet and the other laundry girl saying that Matt and George are gone and that Eddie and Tina haven't come back yet. So uh, they tell Pam that Matt went off to find Tina and Eddie. And this is where I'm like, this is where I know his time is gone. Like, oh, time is not here either, blah, blah, blah. So Pam puts Jake in charge, tells Reggie to go to bed, and goes off to find the others. So she's, she's like, taking charge. She's kind of like, all right, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to take care of business. Yeah. And she gets into this ancient pickup truck. Well, it's the same truck they drove earlier, but yeah, yeah it's like mm-hmm. a, it's an old like mm-hmm. Ford fifties style truck, 50s, 60s style truck. Yeah, yeah, it's old. And she drives off to go find. Yep, gets Tommy. up, drives off. Now we're back at Ethel's place, and Junior comes riding up, screaming and yelling that Tommy heard him, and they heard him. He's like, "My Isaac's!" Ah! He's mad. He's letting ah! off steam. He's screaming. He hurt me more. He, he hurt me. And it will not. It's just no, going it's, on. It's and it's too long. It's like uh, enough of this. I got it. She's making stew or her famous slop. Yeah, she's if making you will. stew again, and she's screaming, "You dumb motherfucker, get yeah. in here!" And I'm just like, I love this woman. And so, and he's just riding his dirt bike in circles around the yard, up and over through the porch. He's just going fucking nuts. Yeah, and Ethel's inside yelling, and you're cooking, and just yelling out the window. So Junior's riding and screaming, and then from behind a tree, the killer swings a giant. This this thing's fucking huge. I mean, it's I know in the movie in the game it wasn't clear, but it's so ridiculously big. It reminds me of the giant ass sword that Pyramid Head has in like Silent Hill. It's it's so comically big. big. Yeah, yes, it looks like an anime sword. You know how yes. those anime characters have like those... cloud from from or cloud from Final Fantasy. These retardedly yeah. huge swords. Yeah. yeah. And he comes off my tree, swipes the cleaver, cuts G- Junior's head clean you off. You see it bouncing and rolling. Yeah. And the bike stops running. And then finally Ethel goes, it's about damn time. Yeah. I thought you can't resist my stew. Yeah, so she's inside. <laughs> she's making her stew. And she looks up. And the killer's hand holding the cleaver comes smashing through the window. And just the cleaver splits Ethel's head right in the middle. She falls dead face first into her gigantic into her pot of stew. And squishes a tomato. Yep, and squishes a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to Pam, the truck. She's driving down a road looking for some of the others. Of course, the truck dies. Just breaks just down. For no reason, just yep. done. She gets out, walks back the way she came. And then you hear a thunderclap. Um, back in the house, Jake and the other girl are watching an old black and white movie on an old TV that actually has dials on it, people. Yeah, yeah. Remember those TVs that had dials? I, I do. I actually had one. Yeah, yeah, we did too. <laughs> so Jake tells this other girl uh, that he really likes her and he wants to be with her. And he's I want to make love with you. He's, he's stuttering. Yeah. And she's not even looking at him. She's just watching TV, yeah. eating and she, popcorn. She does find you laughs. Like, when you said, I want to make love to like, you, I want to make, like, make love <laughs> to you. And she's like, like she laughs. laughs. And then he's like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. And he gets up and he leaves. And now the thunderstorm rolls in. Jake goes to check on Violet. And who's in her room listening to music and dancing, dancing. in her room. Yeah. And uh, so he leaves her room and closes the door behind him. But as soon as he turns to go back downstairs, boom, meat cleaver in his skull, right in the middle of his face. So we have the killer who just killed 
Junior and Ethel yep. on their property, which is okay. It's not too far away. No, but, but he it's has a de- to go all the way over to. There's there's a probably a good amount of distance because yeah, those rural areas. I say know, a few acres at least. Sure. Yeah. So he's got to travel all the way over there, get into the house, get upstairs without being seen or heard. Exactly. I know it's fucking ridiculous. It, yeah. It's like there's no way that would happen. Yeah. And so he boom, Jake is cleaving the skull. At this time, the rain is pouring down, and the other girl, she turns off the TV, tries to wake up Reggie, who's asleep on the couch, to get him to go to bed. But she's like, ah, fuck it. She leaves him down there. She goes upstairs. In her room, she takes off her robe, and we see her tits. Yeah, she just gets into her undies. She, yeah, she she just she, she gets to the bed, topless, and she tries to go to sleep. And she tosses, she rolls over, and in a lightning flash, she finds, she finds herself face-to-face with Jake's dead body. Jake's head has a giant gash or split down the middle from the cleaver. And I'm like, how the fuck did she not see this body <laughs> in her know. bed? Because it's, 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 it's only a twin-size bed. It's a bunk bed, and she's on the top bunk, and it's a twin-size. She's on the yeah. bottom bunk. I thought she was on top. No, she's on the bottom bunk. And, yeah, it's a twin-size bed. She gets in, and, like, what? How? Like, okay, okay, okay. If by some chance I allow myself to believe that she doesn't see the body initially... How does she not even feel the body when right. she lays? It's a twin bed. You can't fit two people in that thing without barely falling off. So how are you not going to notice a goddamn dead body in your bed? Preaching the choir, baby. Preaching ah! the choir. So, <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, frustration. So stupid. So Anyway, she screams, and she tries to get up when a hand grabs her throat from underneath the bed. This fucking piece of shit gag we've seen all the time. So, she was on the top bunk. No. Yes. No. Yes, because he holds her, and then he goes through the bottom. We've seen how many... He did this to fucking Kevin Bacon, or in the first one, he's on a regular bed. He was underneath the bed. It's not a top bunk. She's on top bunk. It's not a bunk bed, dude. We'll we'll, We'll talk about it later. Anyway. Which, so if even it was a top bunk, how did she not see the killer laying in the bunk below her then when she got up on the top of the bunk? Like, ah! You're, that makes it even more ridiculous if it was a top bunk and the killer's just laying there going, doop-dee-doop-dee-doo, and she climbs <laughs> on top of him like they get to the top bunk. That makes no sense. So he grabs her and shoves the machete through the bunk. Yes, yes. So there's our, there's, she, gets, she gets killed. Oh, anyway. So we cut back to Violet, who's still dancing in the room, and she's popping and locking and doing the robot. This is crazy because this scene, they focus on her doing the robot. Or what actually might be considered animation dancing nowadays. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. Because, I mean, it's really a combination of the robot and mime work. And popping, lock, yeah. And so that's popping I mean. and like, locking. I, like, I remember I was watching an episode of da- uh, So You Think You Can Dance earlier okay. in the summer because there's nothing else on. Sure. And they were doing stuff like that, and they called it animation dance. I'm like, oh, that's new to me. Ooh. Shows you how out of touch I well, am. She's got, <laughs> the music was pretty good. I kind of like the yeah, music the that music she was, was dancing yeah, to. It's good 80s music, mm-hmm. and she's dance, doing this like robot kind of thing. She's doing this. Anim- but yeah, they, they, keep, they, they keep the camera on her quite a bit. Yeah. You know, It's like they really watch. They, they it's like they point. really want to make yeah, point. Like she's mm-hmm. really into this. She's got the music blaring. She, she's and it. whoever the killer comes in, you just see feet come in the room, and he's being very quiet. And she yeah. kind of has her back turned the door, and the music's loud. So yeah, she's kinda... facing out the window. She's and there, got of back. course, there's the thunder and lightning, so you kind of buy it that he's sneaking yeah. in. But she hears a noise, and, and she, she turns, turns around, and, and of course, no one's there. No one to be seen. So she goes back to popping and locking. Mm-hmm. The killer steps out from behind a corner with machete in hand. 
She spins around. The killer grabs her by the throat. She can't scream. Yeah. Slams her up against the wall and with one hand lifts her up off the ground and stabs her in the stomach with the machete. And there goes Violet. Yep. And I had major issues with this death scene, which I will try to remember to come back later when we get to the end of this. Um, cut to Reggie waking up from his slumber. And he goes upstairs, knocks on Tommy's door to see if he's come back yet. Like, Tommy, you home? You back yet, Tommy? No. He opens the door, and a flash of lightning reveals, hits, and he sees the bodies of Jake, Violet, and the other girl. They're, they are all piled up in piled, one room. On, piled up on Tommy's bed. He backs out of the room, and he runs in the pan. And she goes in, looks at Tommy's room. She screams. Again, she a conveniently timed yeah. lightning flash. Exactly. <laughs> no one just turns on the light. You know? <laughs> How, how can I see in here? Ah, thank you, Lightning. Yes, thank you, Lightning. So Pam grabs Reggie, and they run downstairs. Reggie trips and falls. She's trying to help him up. And this is when Jason breaks down the back door, and he finally, he finally makes his appearance. And he doesn't break down the back door. No, it smashes. fucking explodes. Yeah, it's kind of when Michael, pieces. Like when Michael Myers in Halloween Resurrection burst into Laurie Strode's yeah, room. Yeah, it just... It's, it's like, and it's the same thing. He just touches the door and... Boom. It's like there's a SWAT team on the other side there with like where they're breaching the like door. C four and, it's, C4, and yeah. it, it just explodes. He bursts. He just makes the door explode and yep. stands there all fucking studly. Like Rawr. now, keep in mind with the exception of the hallucinations, this is the first time in the entire movie we've seen Jason. Right, and this is like an hour and ten minutes into the movie. We're we're in the final yeah minutes final of the push movie. Here. So all throughout the movie, all you saw were like hands, hands and feet. feet and yeah yeah. So here it is. It's Jason. Yeah. So Pam and Reggie, they run through the house and out the front door and into the storm. The two of them run through the woods, and they come out by the road where they see the ambulance. They rush up to it. They open up the driver's door, and the body of the blonde asshole paramedic, who we didn't touch on there, but there's the blonde asshole paramedic. <laughs> he falls out. He's dead. So, again, just like fucking Nightcrawler, they always, Jason just instantly shows up. Instantly shows up just, on the other side of the ambulance. Yeah, just, just pops, pops up. up. So just he, bam, right there. He bursts through the door, and they run out the door. So for, in order for him to get there, he would have to run. Be, he would have to been running, running full right, behind him. Full yeah. speed behind him, and, but he'd have to deviate the path so they didn't know he would be behind him. Mm-hmm. Go around, sneak up, get behind. There's no way. No, no way. This could have happened. None. None. So um, Reggie is like, oh, shit. He, I, he, I love this. Reggie screams like, what? <laughs> he sounds like a. He's got a great scream. Sounds like a banshee, and he just goes fuck this, and he's bolts. gone. He's he gone. I, I mean, he moves like like, oh, like a running back. No, he, <laughs> yeah. He, he Pam tries to run after, but he's gone like fucking Usain Bolt. Like he's out. Like there is a cloud of dust in a in a rainstorm behind yeah. him because he's going that fast. Yeah, it's hilarious. He's just like. Fuck you, bitch. Boom. So Pam, Reggie's my favorite. Pam's <laughs> trying to catch up with Reggie, and she runs across Matt's body that's been nailed to a tree by like, a giant railroad spike through, through his head. Through the head, yeah. Yeah. So somehow he died. Yeah, you don't see it, but yeah, somehow. So she gets back to the house. She's in the house. She's walking through the living room. And George yeah, she runs back to the house. Yeah. You know, she ran out of the house, found the ambulance, ran back. Reggie's gone. She's screaming, Reggie, Reggie. And uh, she's she's kind of looking around, and through the big picture window comes a body crashing yeah. through. Reggie, yeah, it's George's body comes flying through the windows, and Reggie's grandpa, up, yeah, and his eyes are missing. That's poor, why his eyes are gone. Poor, poor old, poor old black George. Man. What was his name? George. George. Poor yeah. old George. 
Poor old um, Again, Pam runs out of the house, and we see Jason stalking after her. And she- this is where Pam goes from, at one point, who I thought was a very strong female character, like, I'm going to go take charge and find Tommy, and do yep. to just, like, the damsel yep. in yep. distress. Because she falls. Flopping around, they're going, ah, ah. You know, she went from being a pretty strong character to just flopping. Yep. You know, like, literally flopping no, and she flailing. Does. She, she, yeah. she falls and slips in the mud, and then she just... And flopping around like like a fish on a water, like blah blah yep. blah. And Jason, she, so they're they're, by, they're they're close to a barn. She's laying on the ground. Jason's and this, about to have he has the machete raised above her, and he's about to kill her when, bam! Mm-hmm. Reggie comes crashing through the goddamn barn doors in a goddamn bulldozer. Yes, yes. And I'm like, how does a twelve year old know how to drive and operate a bulldozer with? Efficiency. Yes. <laughs> now this is now, this is where I kind of like suspended my disbelief a little bit. He does live on this property. He does grow up. Someone probably showed him at one time how to kind of drive it or something like that. Because if uh, I was twelve years old, I'd be like, I want to drive it. I want to yeah, drive at the same it. Time, uh, who's gonna let? Like, okay, twelve year old. My dad wouldn't let me use an, a riding mower when I was twelve, let alone a goddamn bulldozer. My grandpa let me drive a tractor that was pretty uh, fucking huge. But before. were you sitting on his lap? No, well, I was with him. Okay, yeah. well, see, that's okay. I don't know, but this. Sure. I mean, he actually hung on the side. He was showing me how to do stuff, and he just hung on the side, you know. And I was like, "Okay, do this, do that, shift here." And I'm like, "Ooh, wow," you know. So I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. My suspension of disbelief is I'm going to let it slide. Anyway, he rams Jason with the bulldozer, and he, and he goes mashes into him, that, and yeah. like because it's got little teeth on the end. Yeah, it's of it got too. The, the, the teeth of the yeah, bulldozer. and so it hits him, and he goes flying back, and he kind of like grasps his side, like ah, yeah, you know, and then he just kind of goes like yeah. So Pam and Reggie hug. And this is the funniest part is like Reggie just saved her ass. She mm-hmm. was floundering on the ground like she like gave up. She gave up. And she comes and like he picks her up and she goes, oh, Reggie, it's okay. Don't worry. Yeah, it's and I'm just be okay like, now. bitch, he just saved your life. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's the stud hero who just saved you. And she now she's like, don't worry, son. It's okay. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. What so, is Jason appears to be dead. She does start kissing him a lot. Yeah. Like, but, which is a little uncomfortable. I don't know if you know, this, but when they pan over to Jason and show him dead, you can see him breathing. Oh, I didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah, you can see the guy breathing. He's supposed yeah. to be dead. But, so they walk over to him, which is this, they always do, and it's stupid. I don't know why people... And Jason grabs Reggie's leg. They fight him off, and they run into the yeah, bar. Yeah, Pam finds her nuts again and then kicks him in the face a few times. Yeah. So Jason gets up, grabs his machete, and he follows after them. In the barn. Now, he does also seem pretty concerned about his injury. He's, he, t- he looks at it. He, he does. examines his injury. He's like, ugh. This you know. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, back to killing. And he goes in the bar, and he, first, you know, he doesn't see anything. It's all quiet. Everything's quiet. You and can't see anything. He hears a noise come from the small wooden, like, tool shed inside the bar. And Reggie's watching him approach the shed yeah, from Reggie, his high spot up in the, the hayloft. He's, yeah, Reggie's in the hayloft hay looking down yeah. at Jason going towards this door. So Jason opens the door and Pam rushes out in with a, a roaring chainsaw in hand. Again. And now, is, like, just like in Halloween Resurrection, there is no starting up sound, no point on the ripcord. It just instantly she, fucking As soon started. as that door opens, she's yep. got this thing going and they are having a machete versus chainsaw fight, fight. Yep. which is pretty awesome and she's swinging it jason's deflecting with his machete and reggie's cheering her on from the law like yeah yeah and pam manages land a cutting blow on his left shoulder and it's it's pretty deep it's i mean good, she yeah. nails him that arm is pretty much useless now he is only defending with his right arm now his left arm is 
pretty much this is dangling. Yeah, he's it's pretty much useless, and it seems like she's got him on the ropes. But then she's it going dies. to town him, and then it just ru- why does it just suddenly die? And, and but, it suddenly died in yeah. Resurrection, also. So she's trying to get to start. It won't start. And again, just like how Resurrection, she just tosses the chainsaw at Jason and runs. Instead of like, it's still a weapon. It still has it, teeth. It's, I'm just like thinking, did the people who made how Resurrection just watch this scene and said, yep, that's what we're doing. Golden. It's like the exact same thing, <laughs> except really for in is. a barn, they're in a garage in Halloween Resurrection. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same. <laughs> so Tommy finally shows up. And he has a stare down with Jason. Yeah, and, and now to, t- t- like, Pam has gone up onto the loft with Reggie. So Pam and Reggie are looking down at Tommy and Jason. Jason's walking towards Tommy with his machete. And Tommy, to his credit, is thinking he's hallucinating. He's looking at Jason like, uh, Jason, well, he thinks he's trying to determine, I guess, if it's a hallucination yeah, or it's real. Yeah, because he just stands there staring yeah. at Jason while Pam and Reggie are yelling at him to They're run like, away. They're run. run. He's away. going to kill you. Yeah. Get, so, get away. Yeah, and he just stands there as Jason approaches. He's hearing a voice in his head, and Jason just slashes him across the chest Big with a machete. gash across the chest, Tommy dropping falls Tommy. To the ground. Yeah. yeah. And he's about to land. Jason stands above him. He's about to land a killing blow. When Tommy pulls out his pocket knife and stabs Jason in the stomach with him. No, it was the I, I know I noted where it was. It was the upper thigh near was the it? groin okay. because I was like, "Ooh, if you hit that cephalic artery, that'd be a great Ooh, spot." Artery, but, okay, that'd be a great spot to to hit him. That's your femoral artery, right there. Oh, I thought that's so, your jugular artery up there. Well, that, yeah, it is your jugular, but come on, Mister Nurse. All right, well, no cephalic. <laughs> But he hits in there, cephalic vein. Anyway, anyway, all right, those big. Fucking, I thought in the stomach, but yeah. gadget. Okay, so Tommy, Jason collapses. Tommy climbs up to Pam and Reggie, and with Jason close behind, he's climbing up right behind him. Jason gets to the top, and he finds Tommy lying on the floor, seemingly dead. Yeah, and Tommy kind of like nudges him, and he does. And he just rolls this isn't my favorite. Okay, I gotta go back just a tiny bit. Okay, when Tommy climbs up there, he's struggling. He's having a hard time climbing up, so it's believable that he he's either dead or passed out because he barely gets up. Yeah, and then when Jason gets to the when Jason gets to the ladder, he just kind of stops and looks up, and you can tell he just goes. Fuck! <laughs> he just kind of looks up. He's got a he. He got hit in the ribs with a bulldozer. His arms dangling. He just got stabbed almost pretty much in the groin. And now he just looks. He goes, "God damn it!" And he, he, it's like there's this physical sign where he's just like, "I guess I got to do this." Damn it! And then just starts barely getting up the ladder himself. So, <laughs> it's just I love that scene. I'm like, <laughs> so he looks for the other two and he spots Reggie behind some hay barrels. And he's Reggie stands up. Reggie he just, just stands up like, oh, shit. He stands up. And then uh, from behind, Pam whacks him from behind with the half with of an, an axe, axe. With an axe handle. It's the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the, the there's half. no blade on the, on the axe. Yeah, it's yeah. called a half. And no, I thought it was just an axe handle. Well, whatever. Jason basically turns around, grabs it from her, tosses it aside. She's, she's it, backing up to the edge of the open loft doors. She glances behind her, and she sees what can only be described as metal pallets with spikes on them. What, what, what is, like, a thresher? A, I don't it's, understand. It's not even a thresher. It's just, like, a wooden pallet only made of metal, and it's got spikes on it. Yeah. I don't know what purpose this thing is supposed to serve or why it's it would be there. Medieval farm equipment is the best way I could describe it. It, it like, looks like I, some kind of torture device. Yeah, it, it, it just, it's just huge, foot-long spikes, essentially. Yeah. 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 It's, it, 
Like, yeah. I, I don't get it. If anybody knows anything about agrarian type of farming equipment, agriculture, if you know what this thing is, yeah, please let us know because I have no clue. Yeah, I just like this pallet with spikes. Yeah, she looks back and she's like, shit. Uh, shit. Yeah. So Reggie comes leaping off some cross Flying shoulder tackle. Like fucking Jimmy Snooker style. Right. Like, wow. Just smashes and into him and Jason off the, off the ledge. He goes, goes off the ledge. So the camera makes it look like Jason falls onto the spikes because you see the camera like drop onto the spikes. Um, and then, so Pam and Reggie are hugging again, and they go to peek over the ledge. Jason pops up, grabs Reggie's ankle, and he's trying to pull him over the edge with him. Then Tommy wakes up, grabs Jason's machete, and cuts off Jason's arm with the machete. Sending Jason plummeting yeah. onto the spike, and he, and he lands with yeah, authority. He, he gets plowed. There's almost, like almost a bounce to it. But it spiked right through his whole body. I love that scene. I love that that when he, that impact he yeah. makes. Well, bam! I mean, it's it's woof. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's a good impact. So we cut to the hospital, where Pam and Reg are curled up in the hallway waiting, you know, waiting area. The sheriff comes up to talk to Pam, and he tells her that he found this on oh, well, Roy. Oh, we, did, we didn't say who the killer was. No, but I'm just saying. Okay. He, that's what I'm saying. He I said he says I found this on Roy. And he shows her a leather wall, and inside the wall we see pictures of Roy and then pictures of Joey from the beginning. And then the sheriff Joey the fat chocolate eating that Vic killed. Yeah. So the sheriff explains that Roy was Joey's father, but does not know why he kept the secret. And he talks about how Roy was a loner and all this stuff, and that Roy went crazy when he saw Joey all hacked to pieces, and that he used Jason to cover up his killing spree. So there's the big twist. It wasn't Jason at all in this movie. It was the paramedic Roy doing all this in a Jason mask. No Jason Voorhees. So that alone, I know we'll come back to this, but that alone pissed. One reason why so many people get pissed off at this movie. It's Roy the paramedic. Roy the paramedic. So Pam gets up to go check on Tommy, who's sleeping in one of the hospital rooms. He wakes up, they look at each other, and they have a little moment, and then he pulls out a machete from underneath from underneath him and stabs her in the stomach with him, and he just laughs maniacally. Hysterically laughing. Just like, yeah. <laughs> like just evil, evil laughter. Hard, fast cut to Tommy bolting up in the same hospital. It bed. was a dream. Storms still going on outside. Another fucking dream scene. He lays back down. Uh, but when he looks up, he sees Jason standing at the foot of his bed. They stare at each other again, and then Jason slowly fades away. And I kind of like that scene. I actually did kind of like that scene because he sits up, he sees Jason, and it's kind of like, you know, this this moment where he's looking at him. Is it really him? He doesn't know. And he's looking at him, and they're just locking eyes, and he's just kind of giving him a hard look, and then Jason slowly fades away. Kind of like, like, okay, he's like, pointed past mm-hmm. him. It, it, yep, it's faded away from him. He's accepting so, reality. And I, I kind of like that scene. Yeah, but then what happens, it, it, I don't know. So Tommy rips out the IV from his arm. He gets out of bed, goes to this little dresser. He opens up the door, and inside is the Jason mask that Roy wore. Why? Yeah, I don't what, fucking know what, why. Why what, would he be in there? What the balls? One, he's in the hospital. Two, this is evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Three, why the fuck would he put it in a... What, what? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. There's no explanation, no logical reason why that mask would be in there. And he picks it up and he looks at it. It cuts the pan walking down the hospital corridor towards Tommy's room. She gets to the door. She's about to open it. When you hear this glass smashing, she rushes in and the the windows are all smashed out. And the Tommy's, storm is raging. And storm's raging. Tommy's nowhere to be seen. 
That is until the door closes behind her and Tommy appears behind her wearing the Jason mask. He raises a large kitchen knife above his head as the camera zooms into his eyes. Fade to black. Roll credits. Friday 13th. New beginning. New beginning. So... We have, I have a lot to talk about at some when we get to this, <laughs> uh, but I, I'll, I'll t- try to save that till um, a little later in the show. So we're going to go into favorite kill. There can be only one favorite kill. Now, there's a, obviously a lot to fucking choose from. It's kind of pretty movie. high body count. It's I think it's like 20 or something like that. Jesus. 19, 20 people. Like, it's a lot to choose from. But two, I mean, while there is a high body count, many of them are just stabs. Yeah. And that's it. Stabs, you know. throat slicing. Yeah, sim- stabs or throat slicing. Yeah. You know, that's pretty pretty common theme in yeah. this movie. There are some unique ones, but that seems to be the one, mm-hmm. or the most common. So, yeah, let's go. What what is your favorite kill? Well, my favorite kill in this one is when uh, what's his fucking name? The guy who runs off in the woods and bones a good looking girl, um, Eddie. Eddie, the leather strap. Leather strap. Okay. So that's my favorite kill because it's unique. You yeah. know, it's a it's quite literally a leather strap and a stick that does this guy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the pressure you hear torque. the cracking. <laughs> Yeah, torque. <laughs> you hear his head, you hear this, you know, the skull starting to crack and break a little bit, and there's blood coming out. It's a unique kill, and the breaking of the strap is just kind of a good way to end it. I like that. That's my favorite kill. Yeah, uh, I'm probably right there with him. At first, I, when I was watching, I was like, I was kind of leaning towards the road flare in the mouth because that's getting unique and different. Um, but I, I can't go with you. Like, I think the leather strap was just kind of the most brutal like mm-hmm. that just like oh god that would yeah. be so bad so yeah, tough way to go because i mean not really... a roller in the mouth wouldn't be great either but i think that would be i don't know if that'd be quicker or not more instant but that strapped the tree is just oh that'd be awful i guess my honorable mention would be roy getting his arm chopped off and then falling and whoa, bam, hitting those spikes <laughs> that's my honorable mention okay uh yeah so there we go our favorite heroes are basically both the same this week um, the leather strap around the head. Now, before we move on, you did have something to say about Violet's death. The the raver goth Oh, chick. okay. So. You're right. <clears throat> now that we got this on the open, now that... Um, well, I'm sure everybody's seen this movie and everybody knows that Roy Jason was in, but I didn't... For some odd reason, I didn't want to say it yet. Sure. But because of the fact it's Roy and not Jason... Again, it pisses me off that Roy exhibits the same supernatural abilities that Jason has. And Roy's just an average fucking dude. And so why he, one, is teleporting everywhere and is like ninja quiet pisses me off. And two, he kills with like the skill of like an assassin, like Jason's skills. Like this guy should be like bumbling, barely be able to do anything. He's never, you don't think he's ever killed before. He never makes a mistake. No, never once does he make a mistake. Does he get, you know, or sure that he's even like, he's so overpowered and so good at that. It's like he's he, a big dude. Yeah, but, but at the same not, time, like, yeah. he, nobody's able to fight back against him. He makes, like I said, he makes no mistakes. But the thing that gets me is, again, he grabs Violet with one hand by his, the neck. His left hand. Left hand. So it's obviously not his dominant hand. Unless his left hand. Because he's, he's always wielding the machete in his, his right. right hand. With his left hand, and then with one hand lifts her up off the ground. And I, you, I've been, I've said it many times on this podcast before. I have serious fucking issues with that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. With people lifting people off the ground like they're nothing. 
Unless you're supernatural. Yeah. Unless there's been some kind of establishment that there's some kind of supernatural thing going on where they have like Jason, Michael has been established. There's something not right there. They're, Mm -hmm. they are not regular humans. So you can suspend the disbelief and let that slide. But since it's Roy, just a regular fucking guy, the fact that he does this pisses me off so much that I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) Well, you know, part of his job is picking up dead bodies. So (laughs) not, yeah, not not by the neck. Yeah. So I get you. I get you. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh, and that's one reason, like, before I even go into odds and ends and everything, like, that's, this movie, it sucks. It, it does. It's not very good. But it's just the fact that, kind of like Halloween 3, which I hate, and even to a lesser extent, Halloween Resurrection, in, in the sense that, to me, this movie is just the the filmmakers holding up two big middle fingers to the fans and saying, fuck you, you know? <laughs> uh, and I... I understand like, when I get to odds and ends, there's things that explain why, and I kind of get it again, and I'll, I'll touch base on it later. But I, yeah, I have issues with this. Let's movie. get to it. All right, yeah, let's jump into odds and ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? So starting with ratings, IMDb four point seven out of ten. Wow. Rotten Tomatoes sixteen percent on the tomato. The tomato meter and a twenty seven percent audience score. That's the same score Halloween Resurrection got. So there's a lot of times with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Amazon, of course, Amazon being Amazon. Oh yeah, three point five. Three point four. Oh well. So close. Yeah. <laughs> uh plot keywords. There were a hundred and forty two. And I did go through and read all of them, but I just wanted to uh I wrote down ones that were fun. Yeah. One independent film like Really? This isn't an independent it's Paramount. Film. It's Paramount. This is yeah. a big studio release. This was not independent anyway. Um, New Jersey, which I'm like, again, what the fuck is going on with New Jersey? Because if you remember when we did Jason X, New Jersey was one of the keywords in that too. That's right. But they make no reference to New Jersey in any of these movies. I'm I'm really. I guess like Crystal some, Lake is in New Jersey. You don't know. I thought it, it was they New never York. said. I always thought it was like upstate New York too, yeah. or something like that. Uh, whatever. Or like maybe Pennsylvania or something. I don't know. Sure. Or, but may, I, I just, I'm just wondering if there's some like guy, some super fan in New Jersey <laughs> who just goes on here and puts New Jersey, who, who wants us to be in New Jersey so bad. It's like Illinois has Mike Haddonfield and Michael. We're getting fucking New Jersey Halloween, yeah. goddamn it, New Jersey. <laughs> so I don't know. But so and then all right, moving on. Attempted child murder, which is the second time we've seen that one yeah, now, too. Yeah. So there's more than one movie where people are like, I want attempted child murder in my movies. I'm going to type that in. America. 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 <laughs> Laundry and <laughs> defecation. Oh, demon. Demon. Okay, yeah. Demon was taking that big enchilada poo. Yep. Where's the America coming? I don't know, but America. America. America is a plot keyword for this movie. So, all right, moving on to trivia, and there's quite a bit, but some of it's really interesting. Um, Corey Feldman's cameo scenes were shot in his, the backyard of his own house. Oh, <laughs> so wow. they went to Corey Feldman's house and shot in his That's backyard. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Tommy's opening dream scene, which Corey Feldman was originally different in the in in, in the original script, and uh, it arguably apparently made him seem more suspect later on. 
it opened, it was supposed to open as a continuation of the ending of the previous film as young Tommy is taken to the same hospital as Jason's corpse. Mm. Then, in a sudden fit of psychotic rage, he winds up, uh, Tommy, this is, winds up attacking half the hospital staff, trying to get to the morgue to find Jason's bloodied body. Once he finally finds the body, Jason rises up from the autopsy table. Immediately after this, adult Tommy wakes up in the van en route to the Pioneer's Hospital. So that was supposed to be the original opening of the movie. That sounds awesome. That does sound pretty cool. A lot better than coked-up hillbillies. Yeah. <laughs> um, the film was supposed to have Corey Feldman as a star, coming back as, as, as uh, Tommy Darvis. However, he was already working on one of my favorite movies of all time, The Goonies. Really? The time. So therefore, the script was rewritten to have Feldman appearance limited to the opening cameo. So... While he's doing Goonies, he's like, sorry, I'm Which gonna... is probably why they filmed in his backyard. Because right. like, I have school, I'm filming this other movie, but yeah, come shoot at night, we'll <laughs> knock it out. Because Corey Feldman at 12 has that much clout in Hollywood. <laughs> they come to him. <laughs> he was quite a child star. Yep. So this is the first time in this series where Jason is actually referred to by his full name, Jason Voorhees. Huh. Um, although, and I commented on this earlier, although part five appears in all promotional material. It does not appear in the actual film. The opening credits simply read Friday 13th, A New, a new Beginning. beginning. Uh, the film which Jake and Robin... Okay, so that's Laundry Girl number two. Robin is her name. The film that they're watching, the old black and white one, is called A Place in the Sun from 1951. I was curious about that. Which revolves around the drowning of one of its characters in a lake. The same fate Jason had. Ooh. So tie-in! One month prior to the film's release in the United States, the MPAA demanded that 16 scenes featuring sex or graphic violence be edited in order to merit an R rating of 7X. So this was bordering X. Yeah. Wow. Which is weird because, again, looking back, we had this problem with uh, one of the other movies we did. I don't remember which one, but it was almost an X rating. And it's not that violent. And it wasn't that gory, really, in hindsight. And there wasn't that much sex in it at I all. I remember we talked about this. However, in this movie, there is... There's a good amount of boobs. You see There's, three sets of boobs. Yeah, well, good amount of boobs. The violence, and it seems like it almost seems edited. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying because it looks like there are times when they just flash off screen. It's not necessarily off screen killings. Like you see the axe coming, and then you get a shot of the victim's face like reacting, and then you see the aftermath. Yeah. So it's not quite off screen. It's just. Poor editing. I kind of thought the same thing. Like, it looks very edited and cut together. And when, when the guy in the car, when the greasers got his throat slashed, mm-hmm. they had a very unnatural focus on his face. Instead of just watching his throat get slashed, they focused quickly onto his face. Well, that could also just because of special effects. They didn't want to do the actual well, know, effects Well, it seemed like a very time. unnatural zoom in. And I think it very well could have been edited to help acquire the R rating as opposed to X. Yeah, but I don't know if they can change that editing, like the way they zoom. I don't know, maybe who knows. But anyway, it's it, they said it took nine trips to the MPAA back and forth nine times before Jesus. it finally got the R. Um, I want to see the original cut. Uh, in the scene where demons in the outhouse, the word Victor Faden can be seen written on the outhouse wall behind Damon. This is the same name of the mental patient yeah. who attacked Joey to death. And, who was taken away, please. And many believe this was put there to ins- insinuate the possibility that Victor had escaped and is committing more murders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without counting the laughing or yelling, Tommy Jarvis's character only says 24 words throughout the entire <laughs> film. <laughs> he really doesn't have very many lines. Kind of yeah. like Violet. Like, it's like, yeah. 
So actress Melanie Kinnaman, who plays Pam, and director Danny Steinman did not get along during the making of the film. And Kinnaman says Steinman was hostile and unpredictable as a director. She also claims that her favorite scenes in the film are the ones where she is wearing the wet, uh, wet see-through T-shirt. She felt she didn't look good in the film until they turned the sprinklers on. So until the end when she's running through the woods in the storm. Um, this scene in which Pam attacks Jason with a chainsaw was shot on Halloween night in 1984. Ooh. So there's another Halloween tie-in. Uh, in order to keep the storyline a secret, the film was originally called Repetition after the David Bowie song of the same name. <laughs> Several of the other Friday 13th films have also now used David Bowie songs as fake titles. Now, also, when Violet's in a room dancing, there's a few pictures of David Bowie on the wall. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Because she's got all kinds of shit on the walls yeah, and she stuff. Also was like and when she was closer. put against the wall getting stabbed, I saw a couple of David Bowie pictures. I was like, oh, oh, David Bowie. Oh, she's getting stabbed. So what? <laughs> David Bowie, right on. <laughs> uh, John Shepard, who played Tommy, researched the role of Tommy by working in a state mental hospital. Shit. Deborah Voorhees. Yes. Her original sex scene was much longer. She's the one who was Tina, big booby Tina, was supposed to be much longer and much more graphic. The film's editor was told by the producer to trim the scene to make it look like a Pepsi commercial, <laughs> which is why you barely see any sex. They get naked, they kiss, and next thing you know, the sex is over and it's done. That's why it's so short and weird looking. Um, and what's her last name? Voorhees, the same as Jason. Which is fucking awesome. Yep. Um, this was the last film directed by Danny Steinman, which doesn't surprise me at all because no. the movie's not very good. Uh, he was Danny Steinman was actually originally going to write and direct a sequel to The Last House on the Left for Paramount. However, after the project fell through, they offered him this role instead. Uh, John Shepard wore cowboy boots in order to look taller, and I didn't notice that because I was like in one scene, like when he's staying on the porch behind the other, was like, yeah, he was wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was interesting. Violet was originally going to supposed to be killed by being stabbed with a machete in her pelvic region, so in the vag. Goddamn. There's a still photo featuring the makeup effect for that death scene online featuring a bloody crotch. It was changed for unknown reasons. Violet was originally supposed to be killed while doing gymnastics instead of dancing. The scene of Lana and Billy was originally written for Halloween, the final chapter, which was part four, but oh. was for unknown reasons, wasn't used and put into this film, which is why it seems so goddamn random. It makes no sense. Yeah. That's why, because it was shot for the movie a year earlier and then put in. That's so weird. Yeah. It's what? <laughs> so it's showtime showing her boobs that, that scene. Yeah. Huh. That was all shot for the previous movie. So, New Beginning screenwriter, film director Danny Stein was originally offered a two-picture deal to direct a Friday, Friday sequel as well as The Last Time's Left, which we already talked about. The later ultimately fell through. At the time, he had just made his official directorial debut with the Linda Blair movie Savage Streets in 1984. However, he'd actually been working in exploitation cinema under various pseudonyms since 1973, starting with the hardcore sex comedy High Rise, <laughs> that was Steinman's only adult film, an attempt to make a better version of Deep Throat. So he was trying to class it up. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Deep Throat was an interesting movie. I wouldn't yeah. talk about that, but we won't, we won't get into that. But still, no. uh, in the 70s, yeah, people would go to theaters to see some yeah, movies they, like yeah, this. Yeah. We had por porn in the theater. You'd yeah, go like, watch it like they showed people in line. It was like Johnny Carson was in line to see Deep Throat. Dennis yeah. Hopper was in line to see Deep Throat. Like, yep. people, people were going to go see it. Yep. Yeah. Um. 
Friday the 13th Part 3 was supposed to center around Part 2 survivor Ginny, Amy Steele, set at a mental institution to which she'd been committed due to her emotional trauma. Steele declined to return, and the concept was shelved. However, Part 3's screenwriter, Martin Kittorser, or wherever his name is, had fleshed out the ideas into a written story treatment, which was dusted off and used in New Beginnings' basic story. So that's how this story came around. Mm. It was originally supposed to be Part 3. There was originally a three-minute-long sex scene with Deborah Voorhees, but the MPA forced it to cut it to 10 seconds. That's huge. So that would have been a three-minute-long... Boning scene in the woods. That's a long cut scene. Cut to 10 seconds. And Debbie Sue Voorhees lost teaching jobs after <laughs> later in life when the schools discovered her sex scene. <coughs> that sucks. That does suck. That I mean, that, that's, that's kind of bullshit, school districts. Yeah. Um, anyway... So, Vic was th- uh, Vic was the, the killer in the film because he thought he was the killer in the film because he hacks Jody pieces and later on the sign on the wall in the bathroom, Vic Faden was simply the name of a golfing buddy of Danny Steinman's brother, <laughs> meaning that the graffiti was an inside joke that everyone has apparently completely misinterpreted over the years. <laughs> uh, let's see, man, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm almost done, almost, but it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the film's title, New Beginning, was chosen because it had been decided that Tommy would become the killer in the next installment. That's kind of what they went for. That's, that's yeah. again, that's what Danny, or, yeah, Danny Stein was instructed to do two things with the film. To, to deliver a shock, scare, or kill every seven or eight minutes, and more importantly, to turn Tommy into Jason. The ending with Tommy about to kill Pam was not originally meant to be interpreted as a dream and was instead intended to show Tommy had gone crazy after his encounter with the fake Jason. However, this plot twist was abandoned when fans demanded Jason's return and he was resurrected in Jason Lives Part 6. If this film had gone down well with the fans, the producers would have brought John Shepard and, and Melanie Kinnaman back for a direct sequel. And, you know, I mean, Tommy is not that big. No. He's pretty small. Yeah. You know, he's in great shape. He's got, like, and... Tom Cruise. Like, he was wearing t- cowboy boots to look bigger. Right, so, right. I mean, he's 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 in great shape. He was in great shape, but he's just he's but short he's, and skinny. It's probably, like, 160, 170. Yeah. You know, he's a small guy, whereas Jason Voorhees has been a, a towering man. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's been played by several different people, but he's always at least 6'5", at least. Yeah. And he's got to be walking around at 250 or more, you know. Uh, the other thing to know about this is they... Sh- they should have taken cues, and I, I might have the years wrong, but I think it's about the same time. Learn the same mistakes from Halloween. Halloween 3, Philosopher, because there's no Michael Myers. And then in Halloween 4, they were going to kind of do the same thing with uh, Jamie Lord, with Daniel Harris. She kills her mom the same way Jason does, and they were gonna, you know, there was talk of having her become the next killer. Oh, I didn't know it that. doesn't work. Both of them epically failed. Well, not just the epic fail in theaters, but the fans hated both scenarios. Just stick with the main cure. You know, that's what you, you know. Stay with one, the one you came with. If to it dance ain't with, broke, yeah. don't fix yeah. it. <laughs> if it got you to the dance, stay with it. Yeah. So, uh, this is the second film in the series in which Jason Voorhees is not the killer now. And so, Ethel's death scene was originally more graphic. There was a prosthetic head made that showed the machete forcefully being fo- uh, destroying her face. Although, in this case, it would have been a meat cleaver. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was deemed too graphic by the MPAA, and the shot was removed. Bummer. Yeah, definitely bummer there. That would have been pretty cool. Last two. 
in the rest of the series and during most of the part V, part five, the chant ki 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 ma 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 can be heard when the yeah. murder is nearby. This is symbolic of Jason telling Mrs. Voorhees to kill mom kill. However, in the final scene, you can hear the chant ki 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 ta 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 ta, which is symbolic of Tommy's Tommy. psyche taking telling him to kill Tommy kill. Ah. And technically, the body count is 22. Three from the dream sequences, one killed by Vic, one killed by Tommy, and 17 killed by Roy Burns. So there's your... <laughs> so that's all the facts I was able to dig up. That's and I thought facts, they were pretty Jack. cool. Yeah. Pretty cool facts. Yeah. Um, brings us to Aaron's favorite part of the show, my favorite part of the show. I'm sure everybody's favorite part of the show. Ooh. It's Guess the Budget. Time for Aaron to blow his wad with the budget game. So, Aaron, mm. here you go. Big time question for the million dollars. Not really. What is <laughs> the budget of this movie? 1984 is when the movie was made, released in 1985. Uh, so we're talking 1985 money. Uh, this is uh, the fifth installment. Paramount is a major uh, motion picture studio. Uh, pretty decent effects. Uh, I'm gonna go three million. Ooh, you blew your wad, but not oh. by much. Okay, not by much. Kind of right. close. This is except for when you actually were right on the other week. This is your closest guess. Okay, budget two million two hundred thousand dollars. Two point two. Two point two. All now, right. So not not horrible. Not horrible. Not horrible. Would you like to take a guess at the opening weekend box office numbers? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, my guess is that it did really well because most of the time these movies do very well. Um, I'm going to say opening weekend, $10 million. Again, blew your wide, but not by much. Huh. Opening weekend, $8,032,883. So they made their money. Made their money. Yeah. Fourfold. And then some. Yeah. Now. Last question. Would you like to take a guess at the overall gross of the film for that year? Do I have an idea? Can, can I? You don't have to. I'll I, take it. I'll, of course I'm going to take it. Uh, let's see. I'm guessing that weekend and that word spread that it wasn't that great. It's not even Jason Voorhees. Blah, blah, blah. So probably the max gross that it made for the summer or whenever it was, it was released in March, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say $15 million. Way short. Gross. Twenty-one million nine hundred thirty-four and eighteen dollars. Or I guess whenever the final budget numbers came in for this, so it made a lot of money for a two million dollar budget. Uh, so it did its job. That brings us to five star reviews. These special movies have a place in these special people's hearts. Five star reviews. All right, five star reviews from Amazon. Here we go. John Bottom. Wow! Wait until you see the Gonzagas on the chick that gets hedge clippers through her eyes. <laughs> she does have some she's, Gonzagas. She's got the biggest coconut you've ever seen on a teenage nymphomaniac. Plus, check out the weird little punk blonde in the with the black tips. If she ever gets her head out from between those headphones, you could have a great conversation about the sex pistols. The hot babes counselor ain't bad either. <laughs> Five star. <laughs> this guy's just got a hard on for this movie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Gonzagas and coconuts. Yep. I. What's his name? Jake Bottom? Johnny Bottom. Johnny Bottom. <laughs> I like your style, Johnny Bottom. Roger Martinez. I like this movie for real. It When a copycat Jason Voorhees is on the prowl for revenge of this son that was axed by another wanted to be Jason Voorhees in a way. 
five stars. <laughs> That's very poorly written. <laughs> it's awful. Oh God! But it's just what? <laughs> it's like, all right, this one is just from a random person. This entire thing is in all bold, all caps, no punctuation except for exclamation points at the end. So don't shout. I'm not. Okay. I just wanted. Okay. <laughs> this movie was something else. Tommy came out of the mental hospital and what he went through on just his first day at the camp. A woman named Ethel owned a farm next to the camp. <laughs> she was feisty and nasty, but in a funny way. This movie is different, but still great. All Jason's movies are great. Jason's great. Five stars. <laughs> Jason's great. Ethel's great. Tommy's <laughs> great. Five stars. From a kid's review. Uh, it, so it just says a kid's review? Yeah, it just says a kid's review. Okay. One of the best, I think, the... Wait, hold on. Let me start because this thing's hard to read. One of the best, I think, the posing thing from part nine is what's going on here. Here's evidence. How come he resits pain? He's an old man, zero. Getting hit with tractor is bad. Kill, he breaks down a door. He's not strong enough. He's too old. And how'd he use all of Jason's death props? Very good sequel. Gore, nudity, suspense, violets, misspelled. One of the cool... Coolest misspelled characters in horror movie history. A real rebel. Too bad she died. Five stars. This is their second language. Yeah. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like they're from they're from you know, like Thailand and they just can't. They can hardly speak English. Yeah, yeah. that is. You can't even understand. Yeah. That's gibberish. Yeah. Kids review. <laughs> um, Al Maroney, aka Fat Humper. All right, Fat Humper. You better have something to say about those Gonzagas. Even though Mr. Voorhees is known to be a ruthless killer, killing every girl who flashes her knockers in many cruel ways, he is quite the sweetheart come Christmas. P.S. I like knockers. Five stars. Yeah! <laughs> I don't know why, but I love that review. That's awesome. P.S. I love knockers. <laughs> and last one, another kid's review. I swear I can turn that into its own segment. Just kid reviews, I find. Remember part nine, body switching? Well, how do you explain Tommy at the... Wait. Ugh, um, remember part nine, body switching? Well, how do you explain Tommy at the end? Also, and Jason in his dorm room. Yeah, just think about it. Five stars. Mm. So that's our five-star reviews. I love the... A lot of boob, uh, boob <laughs> a lot lovers. Of boob lovers. So we got some boob one. lovers out there. <laughs> Kids and boob lovers. Yeah. That's a weird. That's a weird one. It is. It's so weird. All right. So that brings us to uh, our recommend. So bad, it's good. So bad, it's scary. Aaron, what's your final thoughts on this? You know what? I'm actually going to say so bad, it's good uh, because because it's not Jason Voorhees. It does have a little bit of a spin. Yeah, you know, there's parts you're going to have to suspend your disbelief and say, well, he's running and he's a master killer and all this stuff. But at the same time, it's not Jason. They tried to take it in a different direction. I'll kind of tip my cap to the effort. But at the end of the day, it didn't work, obviously, because they brought Jason Voorhees back right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some original, they had some interesting kills, great Gonzagas and knockers and coconuts on uh, Miss Voorhees, you know, <laughs> which is her real name. Um, so, and Reggie does an awesome flying shoulder tackle. So, <laughs> I'm I'm going to go ahead and say so bad it's good. So bad it's good. Uh, one thing I just, I forgot to mention during the odds and ends is that this movie also features three different hockey masks um the, there's one the one that the real jason wears in the hallucination is the one from heart four it's white with like the red triangle mm-hmm. above mm-hmm. or between the eyes 
Then there's the one that Roy the wears, which, which has is blue, blue stripes yeah. on the cheeks. And then, even though it's not in the movie, the original poster, movie box poster for this, has a completely different hockey mask with just with no graphics on it and just a ton of air holes on it. It's a completely different mask. So there's three different hockey masks associated with this movie. Hmm. Um, now, I, I guess I get why they um, had the blue stripes for Roy because it's not really Jay's. They right. want to distinguish it mm-hmm. once you figure it out. But uh, I just thought that was that's weird. I found it interesting because I, I noticed it was, you know, at the very end when there's that Jason Voorhees standing at Tommy's bed, he's got the red mm-hmm. mask, and it's like this is me, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And I, but yeah. when the one Jason when Tommy pulls out, it's the blue one. Yeah. Um, but that also one other thing before I go into my final reviews, I got upset with the fact yes, it's not Jason as we mentioned, and it sucks. It, you know, it's a big kind of big old dick tease and uh. uh to me, kind of a, a middle finger. I, yeah, they were trying something new, but it didn't work out. And uh, But one thing that irked me, like, even if they weren't going to have Jason as the killer, they would have somebody else. Two things I don't think about. Um, they still could have shown Roy as Jason doing the killing. We could have seen a lot more than just hands and feet the whole time. They still could have shown they could have the shown, hockey mask. Yeah, yeah, the hockey mask. They, you know, still give the impression, because that's what he does. He shows him in the hockey mask. So why not just show him in the hockey mask earlier in the movie than what we finally do? I know you're maybe you're trying to get the reveal, but that makes no sense. The other point I want to make, and I should have said this earlier, and I apologize, is the fact, the amount of work that Roy has to do to dress up like Jason is insane. <laughs> because if, at first you think it's just the hockey mask. Put, okay, fine. But in the barn scene, when you finally see him, the, the aerial shots from Reggie's point of view, you notice Jason is now bald, and he's got the bulbous, like, deformed head. He's got a full-on, like, makeup effect yeah. going on. So that means Roy... Had to get a complete prosthetic head, like latex mask, to put on his head and then put the hockey mask on to do this, which is ridiculous. And where does he get that kind of makeup to do this? Maybe he borrowed it from Tommy because Tommy makes these masks. Because Roy has a <laughs> luscious head of hair. Yeah, he looks like Bill thick. Dixie. I mean, he's yeah. thick head of hair. So it's like, it's just, if you're going to make it not Jason, don't make, there's no way a non Jason would have that. The Jason bulbously misshapen head, and it just oh, it angers me. Anyway, my final decision, I am going to say so bad it's good, because it's not that bad that it's so bad it's scary. We've seen mm-hmm. way worse. It's not like Bloody Mary or some of these other ones. But at the same time, I almost think Bloody Mary had a better plot than this one. Um, this movie has zero plot. I mean, it's just kill after kill after kill, basically, of a bunch of random people that do not matter. Um, but it is... Kind of fun, you know, just to watch the people get slaughtered and some of the kills. Like we, there are some decent kills. I yeah. like the road flare. We both love the leather strap. Right, right. So, yeah, even, even the the it's, hedge clippers are good. Yeah, it's it's probably one of my least favorite of the Friday Thirteenth movies. I would agree, but it is so bad it's good. It's still worth a watch to just enjoy the just to see Ethel. <laughs> For you, I hated. I Ethel. loved Ethel, but all right. So there you have. We both say so bad it's good. Uh, all right. So before we go out. Uh, close this out. Remember, follow us on Facebook. Uh, check out our website, horriblehorrorpodcast.com. Check us out on Twitter at So Bad It's Scary. We're on Podbean, and you can subscribe, like to us, give us five stars on iTunes. It's totally free. We do this for you. Um, I think that's going to be it. We will be back with another episode in another week. In the meantime, watch more horror movies. Peace out and goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>